Are you tired of hosting open houses and feeling like it's a complete waste of your time? Well, we are so glad you're here for the conversation today. We have Sarah Church, who's a top producing real estate agent on the BPR experience. I've never seen anyone convert at this level at an open house like this girl does. We are so glad you're here. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Okay, Bus Bench Babes, we are so dang excited to welcome Sarah Church to the show today. She was the first agent hired at the BPR Experience. She took her knowledge as an ISA, and if you aren't in the real estate world, an ISA is an inside sales associate, took those skills and became a top producing agent almost immediately. She's the education chair for Keller Williams Young Professionals here in Minnesota and is passionate about educating young professionals in the business. This girl is a pint-sized powerhouse. She rocks her open houses like we've never seen in all the years in the business. Oh, and guess what? She just turned 25. Welcome to the show, Sarah. We are so excited that you're here. Uh, So Sarah and I were on the same real estate team before I launched the BPR experience. And then shortly after I launched, Sarah joined the team. So when I met Sarah... um, I really just saw a younger part of myself in her, and I was just so honored that she wanted to be on this team with me and with us. It's so it's so exciting. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you guys so much for asking me to join. I was really excited when you offered to have me come, and I'm honored to be here. So, a little bit about myself. I'm Sarah Church. Like Christy said, I just turned 25. Um, I live in St. Louis Park with my cat, Onyx. Um, I, when I'm not working, my favorite things to do, I really like to spend time around the lakes in Uptown. Um, I love coffee and red wine and I'm vegan. So you can always catch me looking for good restaurants to try and breweries to check out and coffee shops to hang out and read at. That's kind of what I like to do when I'm not working. I am really passionate about young professionals, um, excelling in this industry. It's a hard business to, really grow quickly in when you have the objection of age and you look young and people don't take you seriously. So something that I'm really passionate about is helping younger people be able to do that um, at scale. And another thing I really, really love that I'm able to do through this career is helping people learn how to invest and build wealth in real estate. I think that's something that not a lot of people have been taught to do or don't really realize it until it's too late and they can't take advantage like they can when they're younger and it's skills that they just wish that they would have known years and years ago. So those are kind of my favorite reasons of why real estate is an avenue that I just really love so much. Well, okay. So it is no secret that you've mastered open houses. Anyone that already knows you knows like this is your 
this is your jam. Can you tell us just a little bit about the process and like how do you prepare for an open house that you're having? Say it's Tuesday, you're you're having an open house that you're hosting on Saturday. What does it look like from when you say, yep, I'm going to do the open house and the actual open house? Like what does that process look like for you? That's a great question. And again, that's another thing that people just aren't taught how to prep for. So I'm so happy that I have the opportunity to be able to shed some light on what I do. So start to finish, I always am overprepared because you never know when you're going to get that one question that you need to have the answer to. So I always um, look at the property online. I will call the listing agent if there's anything I have questions about on the seller's disclosure that I look at prior to um, going to the open house. I always am aware of comps in the area, do a quick search that way so that I can knowledgeably speak to, you know, two, two houses down the street that sold six months ago for this price and just being really knowledgeable. You can really quickly make yourself sound like an expert in an area just by doing a little bit of due diligence before the open house. So that's something that I really, I never want to go in blind. So you don't, so what I'm hearing you say is you don't have to be an expert in that area, but you can do enough research so you look like an expert? Absolutely. Very easily you can do that. Yeah. And I think that's something that everybody who's looking in a certain area wants to know that they're working with an agent who's knowledgeable in that area. And you can very well speak to that neighborhood and to that specific property, even if it's not, you know, maybe where you do most of your business. That's awesome. So is there anything else that you do besides just researching the property? Um, I get really familiar with the property comps, all that kind of thing. Um, if I have the ability, like if it's vacant, I might even go through before. I think that's a really good way to be able to, I mean, even prepare yourself a little bit more. That way, especially if you're doing multiple in one day, you can not have to be rushed quickly and run through the house before people start coming. And um, just really, I have a sheet always with me of the, you know, kind of typical stuff that people ask for, bedroom, bathroom count, you know, the MLS sheet you can print off just in case I need to reference that. But I typically memorize everything so that I don't have to say, um, let me check when somebody asks the question. So, like, what are the taxes, Sarah? Yeah. And you want to be able to just <laughs> say it right away and not miss a beat. Um, it really makes you look like a true professional that was prepared and didn't just wake up and drive to the open house and open the door and stand in, in the house. Just be an... Uh, just be a host. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not you're not that person. No, I'm not. Um, okay, so you've done all your preparation, and the day of the open house actually arrives. Um, do you have, like, a setup, like something special, or what do you bring, or what, is, what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question, too. So my biggest thing with open house setup is I want to be different because it's very naive to think that clients are only going to your open house. So when they come in, they need to feel – it needs to feel different. So I am always playing music on my iPad and I play music that I think fits the house and the type of client that's coming. That's so cool. So I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. So this when you so walk cool. in, it just kind of adds like that. You're creating a vibe. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And my iPad is also where I have clients sign in on an app called Open Home Pro. It's free to use and it logs all of their information and the house that you met them at. So it's really easy to prospect later based on, you know, if you wanted to call everybody, you know, once a month that you met at an open house, you just pull your app up and it's got all the information. So I have that on my iPad playing music, typically light a candle. I have any disclosures or information sheets on the counter. And then I have a stack of my business cards. That's awesome. So it's just a station that is very clearly like the one-stop shop for everything you need about the house. 
do you ever get pushback from buyers like, oh, I'm already working with an agent. I don't, I don't want to sign in. Like, yeah. what do you, how do you handle that? All the time. And it's, it kind of depends on, I would never force somebody to do that, but I always like to say the sellers would like to know who came through their house today. So I kind of push it back on that. And it's, I always like to call things out. Like I'm a very direct person. So if I can sense that I'm getting pushback from somebody because they don't want to be hounded, I will say, I'm not going to hound you <laughs> and just call it out right away. And people really appreciate that. Cause I, most of the time that's why they don't want to register. Cause they mm-hmm. think you're going to call them and send them a million emails. But if you just say that I'm not going to do that, then they're much more willing to, to share that information. How often are you getting fake phone numbers or fake emails? Does that happen? It does happen. Or people will pretend to sign in and then I go back and look and there's no information in the sign-in spot. So that definitely happens. Are you going to capture everybody that comes through? Absolutely not. But I'm not asking for registrations right away. I like to build a relationship so that people want to sign in and want to hear from me again. So they really want to give me the correct information rather than just shoving an iPad in their face when they walk in the door and they're like, I don't trust you enough to give you my information. I like to build that relationship first and then on their way out, just I'd love to follow back up with you. Here's where you can put your information and I'll be in touch soon. You know, it's, so it's I feel a very like that's different. different. Yeah. A lot of agents make you like before you can even get your shoes off, they're no, getting trying not. to get you to sign nope. in. So you're that's not your approach. No, I have the setup in the kitchen, which is usually not what they're stepping into. And mm-hmm. so we work our way to that point. And I always say, take a look around, let me know what questions you've got, and I'll grab some information from you before you head out. So it's a it's just kind of that's backwards. a really cool style. I like that. Yeah. So it's just it, it really it gives them the confidence that they can freely walk through the home. I don't follow them around and I'll catch your information before you leave. I love that. Okay. So Sarah, let's be real here. You are a ninja at developing relationships with buyers. They trust you the second they meet you. And I'm going to call it for what it is. You're 25 years old and you're young. Like how are you making connections with buyers twice your age? That's a that's a great question. The biggest thing that I've attributed to be able, being able to have clients trust me that are a lot older than me is the confidence. And that was not something that I had right away. I had to grow into that for sure. But if you can really speak confidently about why they need to work with you, they don't really question it. If, if they can sense that you are so sure and you're so confident in what you do and that you're an expert in your field, they really feel that they feel drawn to that and it's it's kind of intoxicating. They're like, I want to work with somebody who is that confident in what she does. And like I said, it took a while to get there, but now that I have that, I mean, it's it's so much easier to be able to work with people that are, and, and I don't feel intimidated anymore. I used to feel really intimidated going on certain kinds of appointments with, you know, a certain type of client or somebody that I knew was, had done several real estate transactions. And I'm like, I don't know who you've worked with before, but you know, it's definitely somebody that was older than me. So <laughs> but now I'm just, I'm confident enough in my field that I don't feel that way anymore. That's amazing. Okay. So we've talked about your age, you know, you're a young agent, you're a young woman in business. How do you confidently go in with the right mindset to have a successful open house? Like how do you ditch imposter syndrome? How do you set yourself up for success? I know you just touched on it, that you're able to do it. But how do you use your youth as an asset when a lot of people, like, really honestly look down on your age? Yeah. Really. So how do you do that? Yeah. On the way to the open house, it sounds crazy, but I talk to myself. On my way. I drive. When I'm driving there, I talk to myself. (laughs) Buyers love working with me. My open house can be so busy. 
I talk to myself and I speak it into existence. And it's been so helpful because I walk in there with like the best mindset. And I have been, like you said, most of my clientele has come from that. And there's so many agents out there that don't believe in open houses because they don't work. And they're showing up to them as a waste of time and they can't wait to get on with the rest of their weekend. That's not me. I'm like, I can't wait to have an awesome open house and meet some awesome future clients. And it's just the way I look at it is so differently. So like, like affirmations, really? Yeah, absolutely. Like you gave me goosebumps when you said that's so woo-woo, <laughs> that's so up my alley. I love that so much. Yeah. Okay, so what would you tell a young agent today to help them overcome these fears and truly believe that they can too be like really successful at a young age? Yeah, finding somebody that can teach you enough so that you do feel confident. Because there is a there is a part of this business where you can't you have to be knowledgeable to a certain extent. Because the things that you're saying, you know, you're dealing with somebody's biggest asset, so you can't really just fake it till you make it, if you will. But having a mentor or having somebody that can coach you and teach you to know the things that you need to say to these clients and to be knowledgeable enough so that you can really feel like I know what I'm doing. I really, and I know that to my core. So here I am to serve you. Like that's the most powerful thing. So finding somebody that not trying to do it all on your own and finding a coach, you know, when you're young and you get into the business and finding a mentor that can really take you under their wing and teach you what you need to know. Cause we all know getting a real estate license doesn't teach you how to be a good realtor. So finding somebody that can uh, coach you and get you to the point where you truly can go into any appointment and crush it is the biggest piece. Okay. So I have a question on that too. If, if you're listening to this right now, like we've talked a lot about how isolating the real estate industry can be and for women especially, and I'm imagining as a young woman, even more so. So what would you say to a, a new real, like new agent right now who like doesn't know where to find a mentor? Like they have no idea where to look. They're feeling super alone in this. Like where do they find that community? Yeah. So a lot of offices, depending where you work, can have some kind of mentorship program. There's a lot of teams within offices. I would do, just because you find a mentor doesn't mean they're a good one. So be really picky with who you talk to and you know, ask them, what value can you add to me? Because who you learn from will literally be who you become as a realtor. You will learn everything from them and you will do your business and run your business like they do. So find somebody that the one of the biggest things is I always have surrounded myself with people that are doing better than me and know more than me because I never want to be the one that is that I, I want to always be challenged and be like these are a bunch of people that are doing more so find a mentor that you admire and you want to run your business like them and ask them what you know if they can help you get to that point or if they can't if they know somebody that they trust because mm-hmm. finding the right person is going to be so pivotal to how your business grows. That is, that's amazing. That's great. I love it. I love it. Okay, so we talked woo-woo stuff. Christy always <laughs> brings out the woo-woo in people. <laughs> so you've you've hosted a successful open house. Like, you feel really awesome about it. Um, and you've made some really great connections with some potential new clients. Now what? Like, how? what does the, the follow-up look like? I'm so glad you brought that up. Because that is 10 out of 10 where every agent drops the ball is they're scared to follow back up and ask for the sale. And what's the worst that's gonna happen? They're gonna say no. So you literally just have to get over that right now or you're never gonna be able, you're gonna walk in the door, host a really great open house and then nothing's ever gonna happen from it. So this is where you really have to shine. Uh, I always call or text people the day I met them and say, hey Beth, it was so great to meet you at 123 Main Street today. I can't wait to get to know you more and serve you in the future. 
something like that, don't ask for the sale. I just follow up, don't ask a question, just reach out so that they know, you know, she didn't leave the open house and forget about me until Monday like every other agent does. So reaching out same day is huge. And if you don't get a response back, reach out again. You know, if people are not responding to you but they're not telling you to leave them alone, keep reaching out. It takes a lot of contacts to actually convert somebody. And so just because you didn't get a text back twice doesn't mean that they hate you and they never want to hear from you again. And they're going to buy a house and it's not going to be from you. The stat is seven to nine times before conversion. Yeah. And most people Most lose. people stop after one, two, or three. Ooh, absolutely. Yeah. Three. God, yeah. most people most after people, two. Yeah, totally. Oh, God. They're not going to do anything. Yep. Agents want instant gratification because their business is so revolved around like quick sales. They want to have something be easy and fast. And so when it takes a little bit of more effort, the ones that rise to the top quickly are the ones that are capable of doing follow-up well. And so the easiest thing that I do is I just do a reoccurring Google Calendar event. Or if you have a CRM, put it in your CRM as a client that you met, you've got their information and just keep it on your calendar. It doesn't have to be somebody that you think about every single day, but do it for a week and you know do a reoccurring event for a week. Um, you know, four times, do it for a month. And every Tuesday you reach out and say, just wanted to follow up and touch base. You know, where are you at? This is, you know, what has changed since we met? That's a great question I like to ask because sometimes people are scared to let you know that they decided not to move and they feel like they're hurting your feelings. So what has changed since we met? You know, that's a great way to ask, like we decided not to move and now you know. And so the follow-up is really, really where agents drop the ball and where you can rise to the top and get that sale, you know, with the seven to nine Conversion attempts, yeah. It's so awesome. Okay, Sarah. So say I'm an agent hosting an open house this weekend. What are three things I can do to make it a win for both me and the seller? The first thing I would do is really prepare yourself for, like, be, like prep yourself and be ready. Because there's nothing worse than showing up and feeling rushed or unprepared or and you know not ready for it so the first thing that you can do to benefit both would just be to be prepared for it because you are there representing the seller but you're also there you know it's a win for you to be there to get clients so you do have to kind of you know be on both sides but the first thing would just be to be prepared for it and then the second thing i would do is it's great for getting exposure to the seller Especially, you know, even though we're in a hot seller's market, it's never, you can never have too many people going through the property. So having, you know, hosting, whether it's one or two open houses on the weekend is a great way to get more buyers that maybe aren't ready for a private showing with an agent to get through your house and to really kind of get in that emotion. Because it's a whole different thing from seeing it online to actually seeing it in person. So it's a great way to capture a different kind of crowd that is going to be going through it in private showings versus somebody that's going to come through it at an open house. And then third would be to ultimately sell the property. And at the open house, you know, meet somebody there that falls in love with the property. And then when you're there hosting that, not only are you doing really great for your sellers and you're working extra hard to bring them a buyer, but you're also working hard for the buyers. And it ends up being a much better transaction when you're doing everything. So you don't have to risk working with, I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot of agents out there that we don't enjoy working with. So when it's you on both sides, it ends up being really beneficial for every party to have it be smoother and... <laughs> Hashtag truth bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my God, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. You gave so much great information here today. And I know that people listening to this, agents listening to this, are going to be able to take away some awesome nuggets of information that's going to help them have way more successful open houses than they did even last weekend. So, okay, Sarah, tell us, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram. My handle is Sarah K. Church. And then you can also find me at thebprexperience.com. Thank you so much for being here, Sarah. This was fun. I learned a ton, so this is amazing. (laughs) Okay, bus bench babes, until next time, remember to keep your face off a bus bench and keep being the badass boss babe that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.